Isaiah 56, verses 1 to 8. Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath not profaning it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I'm a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name, better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that Mm. shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will, um, it's great to be joined by you from Birmingham. And I'm so glad uh, in in your auspicious, ever-wise ways that you have uh, set us up to go through Isaiah 56 and, um, I guess through 66, these chapters are so good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was really beginning to, um, have more of like a broad biblical understanding of my faith, these chapters really helped me because it's easy to look at the Bible and think like, is the new Testament like an amendment to the old Testament Mm -hmm. where it basically makes it for all people whereas the Old Testament is just for Hebrew people. And, you know, it's easy to sort of get confused and tripped up. And, you know, Isaiah 56, like we already see God's global vision for salvation. We have this, you know, wonderful line that Jesus himself quotes that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Um, And just a lot of beautiful language and imagery and promises here. So what are your thoughts on Isaiah 56? Why are we here? Um, yeah. And so forth. Yeah. So we've been going through the covenant wheel uh, for the last what, couple months in the church, yeah. and we're moving now into that third part of the wheel, the mission part, where we're going to be looking mm-hmm. at personal evangelism, bless the city and reach the world. And there are a few passages in the Old Testament, I would say the Bible as a whole, that have the kind of global viewpoint of this yeah. text here. Uh, yeah. and But also that join that with this real concern for justice, for uh, concern for the poor and needy, the kind of things we'll be thinking about in Bless the City and Reach the World. So I, I just thought that this passage would help bring out some of those themes we're going to be thinking about on Sundays. And it does. I mean, it, right here off the right off the bat here in the first verses of chapter 56, we've got this vision of God saying to those who are on the outside, right, the outcasts, the foreigners in Israel, and mm-hmm. the eunuchs, saying, you're welcome into my people. Uh, And then it ends with that great line at the end, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. So this this 
inclusive, this welcoming tone to this passage, it just fits with this idea of what we're thinking about with mission in the church, of welcoming people into the people of God. Yeah. You know, I think since I'm, you know, in my 20s and I'm a creative, a lot of the conversations that I have are with people who, you know, either are not of the Christian faith and maybe they used to be or never have been, or they might be hanging on by a thread, but they mm. they have a really hard time plugging into Christian community and Christian disciplines. And there's sort of like the cynicism and skepticism mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. built up. And a lot of the refrains that I hear a lot in these, you know, face-to-face conversations is that, you know, Christianity, the church has perpetuated injustice and that really chafes them or the church is really inward facing and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and when it is outward facing, it's in this like colonization sort of way and not mm-hmm. in a, a sort of manner of benevolence. Mm-hmm. And I always like to say, you know, that's one of the most biblical thoughts you can actually have. <laughs> and <laughs> I think Isaiah 56 and, you know, the prophecy of Isaiah, the prophecy of Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Micah and Amos. And, you know, if you go through so much of the Old Testament, that's actually what we see reflected in the heart of God and in the scriptures is, you know, so much of the bedrock of, of being in the kingdom of God is being men and women of justice and mm-hmm. of righteousness. And, you know, I think it's really interesting. We see Sabbath pop up here a few times yeah. and we we view Sabbath as very optional, as very uh, strange and tertiary and yet you know what sabbath represents it, it's this open-handedness to god it, it's faith it's trust um it's it's rest yeah. and there's this idea that resting in god's provision being passionate about his justice and pursuing his righteousness that you know, those are the marks of the kingdom of God. And and so these can really help correct our view of what the church ought to be and what the Christian faith is. Yeah. And Sabbath is going to come up several times as we move through these next chapters of Isaiah. And you're right to say that Sabbath is about changing our mentality to this world. It's about mm. changing from self-reliance. I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to work all day and I'm going to rely on what I can produce to trust, to I'm going to give over my time instead to worship God and trust him to provide for me. We don't, I mean, I think we feel this pressure. We don't feel it in anything like the ancient Israelites would have felt it because in an agrarian economy, you got to be out there. I mean, that's, you know, we talk about farmers today, right? You don't get a day off from the cows. The cows just need to be milked. And I assume they still milked whatever cows they had, but you know, what they could not do on that day, they would put off to God. Right. And, but that, that is a lot of trust. That's where they were. It was basically a subsistence economy. They, they survived on what they were able to bring out of the land. And yet they trusted God on that day. Uh, So, that points to these bigger themes of, am I going to trust in God or I'm going to go out there and get what I can? And I think that's where we get this, also this idea of injustice, right? Mm. Because to live justly also involves trusting the Lord. Injustice yeah. can get us things, right? We can, if we just are out there to survive, if it's a survival of the fittest, then why not be unjust when we can, if it gets us some advantage? But mm-hmm. 
consciously choosing to do the just thing, even to your own harm, especially when it means serving the poor who are never going to be able to give you anything back. Most likely that Mm. is a communication of I'm trusting the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to live in a way that honors him uh, and wait for him to provide, which is another theme that'll come up again in these, in these following chapters. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. What you said just kind of resonated with me because I'm reading the road by Cormac McCarthy Mm -hmm, right now. mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah. Um, I read it during uh, COVID when it was really bad during COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Terrifying. I was going to say, and for probably most of you who are unfamiliar, it's like a post-apocalyptic novel. And and basically it's funny because Cormac McCarthy is not at all a a Christian author. Like he's no C.S. Lewis. And, um, yeah, basically the premise of the novel is humanity given over to itself. Mm-hmm. And so what you see is just fear and anxiety and manipulation and it's a reign of terror. And I think it's so interesting to read that book through a Christian lens because this is what scripture would affirm and that the only way that that cycle can be perpetuated is by a greater kingdom. And that's this house of God that's talked about here in chapter 56. And, um, you know, I, I think it's so beautiful, like verses four and five. Um, I just want to read again to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me. And again, eunuchs are, it's like the figurehead of outsiders yeah. who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant. I will give within my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters an everlasting name that shall not be cut off and so what a what a clear and powerful picture of the heart of god for people who don't really fit into the compartments that we see in the law of moses you know and, and um i think that that is is really powerful to where we are today yeah another maybe final word here of encouragement from verse 3 the Lord will surely separate me from his people. You know, it's suggesting those foreigners who are saying that to themselves, God is giving hope to. And I do think that there are times when we will we feel that way because of some sin in our lives or whatever it may be, or maybe it's our background. The Lord will, there's no way that God can accept me. And mm-hmm. here God is reaching out to those people and giving them assurance, just asking them to turn to him in trust. Cause as we said, that's what keeping the Sabbath is really pointing to and, and seeking to please the Lord, holding fast to his covenant, which holding fast could be in obedience, but it also could just be in reliance. This is all I've got, right? I'm yeah. going to hold fast to that covenant and God yeah. longs to bring them in. And, and you mentioned how Jesus quotes uh, verse seven, uh, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's the place where Jesus turns over the tables of the money changers mm-hmm. and it because he's so angry at the way that they're getting in the way of mm-hmm. people coming to to worship God in his temple. And so this is what Isaiah is getting at here. And this Isaiah 56 to 66, crucial passage in Jesus' own understanding of what his ministry involved. When he starts off his ministry in Luke 4, he quotes from a passage we're going to read soon uh, here in this section. Uh, as this is what he's doing. He's working to bring in the outcast and the foreigner so that they might worship the Lord. Yeah. Well, this is a great reminder that, you know, the fullness of time, God's plan has been to 
grant access to himself for all who would turn to him. So yeah. it's just a great way to put our heart in a posture of worship before him. So may we dwell on that today. For Will Kynes, this is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.